Your Shannon's buddy, right? We met last year. You drove me and my brother back from Palm Springs. <laughs> we hired another wheelman. I spent six months in jail. My brother, he got himself killed. I got this sweet job coming up. How about this? Shut your mouth. Or I'll kick your teeth down your throat and I'll shut it for you. Nice seeing you again. Scott, if your life had a face, I would punch it. Yeah. Wait, what? Let me ask you something. Why would always you make the point of saying someone's not a genius? You think I'm especially not a genius? Veronica, why are you pulling my dick? Suck my fat one, you cheap dime store hood. and welcome to another installment of the greatest moments in the history of forever i'm zach and i'm matt and this is episode 28 drive so right away i mean i'll go ahead and say that this is one of my favorite movies of all time really it's a pretty big statement yeah i mean i know like recently because you know whenever i meet people I inevitably have to like ask them what their five favorite everything is, <laughs> and then like that high fidelity logic. Yeah, give me that top five list. Yeah, and then I always like reciprocate, and then I think Drive has been in my top five a fair amount recently. I can't do that because I just always feel like no matter what list I give, people are just gonna judge me harshly. Yeah, well, you're really not like a man though. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Just like a really cool and different movie, especially in a year, 2011, when I saw 100 movies in the theater. Pretty big accomplishment. Yeah. And not a lot was sticking out I in don't, that year. I, I remember having a conversation with you at one point that year saying that I didn't think it was a very strong year for movies. It, and you were like, you got to see Drive. Because I, I didn't see it in theaters, unfortunately. Yeah, it, it was... Out of the hundred that I saw, it was by far number one. And I also, I really liked The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo oh, yeah. that year, the American version as well. But um, Drive was just like head and shoulders above everything else, including like, I don't know, The Descendants and whatever else was good that year. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like, it was very unlike uh, anything going on. At least in mainstream movies at the time. Just that, the sleek look to it with the soundtrack, with like Ryan Gosling in the lead, you know, not talking. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the aesthetics and the soundtrack and everything, it was simultaneously retro and modern and just like exciting and different yeah and like the whole cast really is just kind of 
cool. I mean, Ron Perlman isn't really anything different than what he ever is, but Albert Brooks obviously got a lot of attention for his uh, role as like the main villain, and he's pretty unbelievable in it. Brian Cranston, you know, right in the thick of his kind of popularity on Breaking Bad, kind of just playing this, I don't know how you describe his role. Down and out yeah. loser. Right. Yeah, I mean, the story itself is of like a, a modern day male fantasy. The perfect portrayal of like cool, indifferent, badass, anti-hero. Seamless criminal. <laughs> like it doesn't seem like he is that concerned with uh the risks of breaking the law that he's doing right in the beginning of the movie. No, he clearly um breaks the law, you know, several times throughout consistently. The film. But just like uh, a cool a cooler version of yourself, like what you would <laughs> exponentially <want to> be. <laughs> cooler. <laughs> Where's that over the top but sweet jacket? Yeah, I mean Ryan Gosling, especially in this film is a guy that the ladies want to fuck and the guys want to be it's a pretty tried and true formula for getting a story or a movie over with the audience is giving something to both the men and the women right (laughs) and uh it kind of has this like serene calm feeling throughout you know especially because Gosling as driver, as he's known, <laughs> doesn't say much, uh, keeps a level head a lot of the time, doesn't react very much to things, and it kind of like lulls you into this sense of security as you're watching the film. Even in the opening sequence, which is like an amazing uh, chase scene where he's the getaway driver for some kind of a robbery and he remains calm at all times despite the fact that like, like it seems very intense super tense and, yeah and the cops are seemingly about to get them several times and that serenity throughout the film is broken up by these insane bursts of brutal visually striking violence that shock and awe the audience (laughs) and i think like this film was the first that i noticed of like kind of a recent trend that's still like ongoing where a director uh, a filmmaker will employ like very realistic and brutal violence even if like the rest of the film kind of doesn't lead you to believe that's what it's going to be. Right. In other words, if 90% of the film is a shootout with like tons of guns and death and explosions, you don't really experience the violence in the same kind of way that you would in a movie like drive, which is relatively tame, like 75% of the time. Right. And then there's a few scenes of just intense violence that, yeah, like in Black Hawk Down, it's not that stunning and or jarring to see a half a torso being pulled through the streets with guts hanging out. But in this, you know, whenever uh, Albert Brooks pulls that little knife move and slices Brian Cranston's arm open, it, it's just like, and blood is like spraying everywhere. And even that scene is like kind of calm because it's like, you know, it's during a, a handshake. Yeah, that's a particularly rough scene to watch just the 
calm nature with which he just slices through his wrist. Yeah. Ooh. After like the things that they were saying to each other, right. and it's like there's no yelling or fighting or just very like casual. It's like almost. reminiscing, <laughs> friendly reminiscing, and then all of a sudden a bloodbath ensues. So, the crux of the film is driver works uh, a couple of jobs. He's part time mechanic, part time stunt driver for the movies, and part time getaway driver for various criminal enterprises i guess which doesn't lead him to uh live that luxurious of a life surprisingly yeah rent in la (laughs) i mean it's kind of unclear if i mean he may have more money than he shows he doesn't seem like he would be the one to flaunt yes he lives a very modest lifestyle and he he seems like a freelancer when it comes to the crime because as later you know kind of deep into the film he has like an encounter at a diner with someone oh, yeah. that he's crossed paths with before. And it you kind of just get the sense, and especially even in the opening sequence where he, you know, you hear him laying out his like rules to whoever is employing him for this particular getaway right. job where does Brian Cranston plug him into these jobs? It seems like that would be a possibility. Okay. Um, it doesn't seem like he would be able to network on his own. Yeah, he's not finding them posted on random. autistic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if there's anything borderline about it, really. And so he's kind of living a day-to-day existence, and everything changes for him when he starts to get involved with his next-door neighbor, who is uh, a young woman uh, named Irene, played by Just Carrie Mulligan. a life-ruining bitch is one way to describe her. She seems very much a single mother when we first meet her yeah she has she does, a young son not so forthcoming with all the details of her life and it turns out the boy's father is in prison and conveniently getting out relatively soon another fact which is kept from the audience and presumably from yes ryan gosling's character as well no presumably about it definitely <laughs> It's kind of a bombshell she drops on him, like on their like third or fourth date. Yes, and his unquote. inability to display any emotion really kind of hurts him here because he should be flipping out over the fact that he's driving her and her little boy around doing chores, helping out, and it's like Putting what in is some he, real quality time? Yeah, what is he doing this for? Is he is he looking for a buddy? I don't think so. Well, I mean, I guess the argument would be that she is, like, attracted to him and she doesn't know what she's doing. She's not know. sure of where this is going and she doesn't know what she wants. I think she's irresponsible with her behavior towards him. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, she kind of leads him on. I mean, there's definitely... There isn't... The movie's very um, bereft of sex. Uh, it's very chaste. There's no kissing or anything between the two of them leading up to... Yeah. No intimacy, really. I uh, mean, other than like flirtation. And there's some hand holding. Yes, true. Uh, but you know, you can tell pretty easily, you know, that he is interested in her, and he takes a liking to her son, and in a weird way, <laughs> seems to like open up and communicate with the son more than any other character in the movie. Yeah, he finds him more relatable. <laughs> <laughs> Their brains are similarly developed. Eventually. They do kiss, but it's not until much later. Uh, 
and there's some debate over whether or not that's even real. Well, I don't know if like other people were debating <laughs> it. I just was bringing up the possibility myself that that scene was maybe not real. That but constitutes as a debate for me. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is kind of going fine until uh, Oscar Isaac, who plays her maybe husband. Yeah, unclear. Definitely baby daddy. Gets out of prison and comes back into the picture because... During this time, uh, through his connection with Shannon, played by Brian Cranston, at the garage, he uh, is getting involved in some car racing uh, through the help of uh, Shannon's acquaintance, Albert Brooks, who plays uh, a small-time gangster named Bernie Rose, who's going to fund the money, front the money, and basically fund this car racing adventure that's going to start out on like the stock car circuits and presumably work its way up to NASCAR. I don't I really guess. know yeah, what their I mean, plan is. The- yeah, he's got driver who apparently is just like a world-class driver, oddly enough. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I guess that's reason enough to invest, what was it, like 300000 from Albert Brooks. Right, something like that. That's I think that's what he agrees to give him. I think he wanted more. Yeah, he wanted four. Um, and, and, you know, all the while, Oscar Isaac has... Uh, his character's name is Standard. He uh, has been released, and he, you know, comes back into the picture, and he's to find, you know, a new man. Yeah, kinda. this neighbor from down the hall just sniffing around, <laughs> getting involved with his family. Yeah, I mean... Rightly so. I mean, he's. It, we don't know. I don't know if they say how long he was in prison for, but presumably long enough. <laughs> you know, long. Enough. I'm hoping that it was long enough that Carrie Mulligan had to start, you know, seeing what was going on with the creep down the hall. I mean, if it if he was only in jail for like a couple months, it's like Jesus, honey, hold out. <laughs> yeah, I mean that. I mean, we're not talking about a newborn baby. I mean that kid is like six seven years old oh, yeah i mean they've been together for a while right and she's you know running around town as we later holding hands <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> holding hands exchanging smoldering glances back and forth right this guy all kinds of shit standard is in prison because he was just trying to you know put a little bread on the table for his wife and his kid and it's- she can't even hold out while he's doing the time you know, He's just keeping a picture of her snatch underneath his bed. Just spanking it on a nightly basis, waiting to get out. Just dreaming of just burying his face between her legs. Right. And she's just dreaming of having somebody else do that. <laughs> but for whatever reason, and I guess we're supposed to believe that it's because of the connection between Driver and the kid, uh, he kind of sticks around and doesn't immediately bail on the situation when Standard comes back in. And yes. it kind of leads to some very awkward This is definitely moments. Driver's uh, tragic flaw. <laughs> it's like, okay, dude, we're on your side. We get it. She was definitely throwing you signals. You know, inappropriate by her. But now you have all the facts. Well, I just want to point out, even when they're having the party for his coming home, Standard's coming home from prison, uh he goes out into the hallway of the apartment building and Irene is already sitting there and she kind of says something like, Oh, I hope we're not too loud. And he jokes, I was going to call the cops. And she says, 
I wish you would or something. Oh, like that. yeah. And it's kind of like still she's just still like, playing the yeah, game a little bit. I know. It's like the sham's over, honey. <laughs> I mean, he went to prison. If you needed a reason to break up with him, you had it. Right. He went to prison. He's a felon. You waited you the whole time. could have just been like, you know what? This is not a good idea. To I, I don't want to have my son around someone who's been in prison. Uh, See, you have your out. You didn't use it. Now you're still playing the game. What are you doing? This all goes to a deeper problem with Irene because it's like this is the thing. She, we or fi- Irene or various girls women, that I've dated. <laughs> women in women in general. Uh, yeah, but um, here's the thing. We find out later in the film that we hear the story of how Irene and Standard met, which is. Uh, she was at a party. She was underage. She never should have even been there. I'm sure her <laughs> parents were like worried as shit that night. Didn't know what was going on. That's assuming she came from a good family, but I don't know. But she's at this party and he kind of like stumbles on up to her and she's, you know, falls for his little, you know, bullshit line. And the problem is, is like she got involved with this dude. He knocked her up and now she's like living with a little regret. Like I gave up my youth. I, I'm my good years are running out <laughs> and you know, she sees this fucking hot dude down the hall with just this immaculate body. And she's like, <laughs> is this the second episode in a row when you've described a man's body as immaculate? The streak is intact and I will keep it intact. <laughs> or was that the roadhouse when I forget? Oh yeah. No, that was the uh, true blood. I was talking about Jason Stackhouse. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean his uh, involvement with their little family family unit leads him into the ultimate, you know, trouble of the film, like the main action of the film, which is standard. You know, got into a little uh, debt in prison, uh, paying for protection. He's into these guys for an escalating sum of money. That he can't pay back. Yeah, this whole time just trying not to get raped, trying to get, to get back to his family. And, but, you know, as you find out when you make deals with criminals, the fine print is always a little <laughs> hazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, they come and, you know, give him a beat down where he's all bloody in the parking garage of the apartment building and uh, Ryan Gosling. Yeah, which, I mean, it, in terms of emasculating beatdowns, I mean, this dude's whole life. It's like his kid looks up to this neighbor dude who his wife is also into. He's getting beat up. He can't really do anything. He needs to. Tur- he now needs to turn to the dude who's stealing his family for help. Yeah, and it it becomes clear as to why he would be driver would be willing to help when it seems as if these criminals the have threats put, are escalating. They've threatened. Uh, Carrie Mulligan and the kid also. Right. So he feels like he's going to get involved, and the simplest solution appears to be to help Standard pull off a robbery uh, that will apparently expunge his debt and make everything even. This leads to the introduction of a couple of other characters, one of which I don't even remember the guy's name. He was like the real low-level criminal the bald guy who yes i guess either owns or managed a strip club and for some reason he's involved and he's giving them the directions they're gonna rob a pawn shop and he gives uh them blanche 
played by Christina Hendricks, as some sort of helper. Ride along vixen. And I mean, this is like, this is some shaky ground because I don't want to come off as too sexist here. But I mean, let's be real. She's... <laughs> yeah, me neither after my long rant. <laughs> she's a, a she's a very uh, curvaceous woman. Yes. Uh, very uh, shapely. And she's wearing very tight jeans and high heels. Right. And let's just Certainly I mean, let's just call a spade a spade. She has trouble. The, they don't, you know, in a two door car where you have to move the move the up. seat and <laughs> fold it forward. I mean, she doesn't really, you know, fit into the back seat very quickly and easily. And it's just like, I mean, no offense. I mean, she's not going to be a whole lot of help on a mission like this. When they wrote the uh, heist, like kind of guidebook, this outfit was not recommended. Yeah, I mean, you'd be looking for someone who'd be a little bit quicker on their feet. Right. Or it's like, if if we're stuck with this chick, can she dress like a little bit more practical for this? A sweatsuit would be fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, she doesn't really seem to have any particular skills that would be... Other than being like annoying. Yeah. I wonder And if, disinterested. She's very like not into like what's going on. It seems though, you know, based on what happens after the fact that maybe she didn't know about what was going to happen exactly, but that they were going to use her being there to their advantage because she was in, she was obviously able to contact the people that were setting this job up. Right. Do you understand what I'm saying? I guess. Yeah. I don't, I'm, I don't know that she was in on what was going to happen, which was that there was a second car that no. was going to rob them. Right. Yeah. But later on when they, you know, after an insane car chase with just her and Ryan Gosling because Standard gets shot at the pawn shop. Right. They go back to a motel. She texts or calls. I think she texts because she doesn't want him to know. Mm-hmm. And that's where they know where they are, you know, to set up the big shootout sequence. And I think they they planted her involved as probably like a failsafe, unbeknownst to her or yeah. Standard or anyone. We don't really get like a lot of background information on what her involvement with these people was ever, but obviously they found her to be expendable. I don't know if... Seems killing- like she was probably a stripper too and was in over her head she must have a little bit of trouble some with dead. drugs or something right. <laughs> this is all speculation <laughs> on my part yeah just filling in the uh margins the job itself was a setup uh it turns out in the end that it's all set up by uh bernie rose's uh partner in crime nino played by per- ron perlman which i will uh, say this about uh during the high scene too it is it's the only real time in the movie where you see Ryan Gosling like shaken when standard walks out and he's kind of like standing outside of the car and he sees him get shot and he is like, it's the only time he's not really keeping his cool. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's kind of, even though the scene a is a lot of things probably crashing down around him, either yeah. a, he's starting to think that it's a setup because he was, yeah. he was, Definitely suspicious of the other car right. in the parking lot. Um, and it also is dawning on him that he's probably, if he survives this, he's going to have to tell Carrie Mulligan that Standard was killed. He, you know, the boy is going to be without a father. I mean, automatically you would think, well, that not that what he wants? But 
you know, he's supposed to be like the hero of the film. I mean, he's not going to take like any kind of joy out of someone's death. I mean, if he was going to win Carrie Mulligan away, I don't think he would have wanted it to be like that. Um, I think a lot of things, I mean, obviously there's a certain amount of like fear in that moment. Now, the weird thing is they shot standard, but Blanche had already taken the money, Mm -hmm. which was in the car. And then, you know, he's an insane driver as we've established and so he's able to get away and that is where having blanche along becomes almost like a fortuitous thing almost too fortuitous is what i'm saying right it's almost like she was like a backup plan because they're gonna be she's dumb obviously they're gonna be able to (laughs) convince her that they didn't know about this setup or whatever and get her to give away their their location which she immediately does right because she's an idiot yeah <laughs> and it gets herself killed in an insanely oh, violent scene just shotgun blast straight to the face yeah her head explodes open right and then ryan gosling is able to kill the other two guys pretty violently as well mm-hmm. um and then this leads to kind of the standoff of the rest of the film where he has the money and legitimately he wants out of the situation. Yeah. Um, to the surprise of the uh, villains. <laughs> yeah, they they can't... Because as a, as a viewer, you kind of understand. You're like, all they really need to do is take the money from him and leave him alone, and this will all stop. Right. He's not going to be involved anymore. He's not going to tell anyone because no one knows who he is. He's not really connected to their world. I don't think anyone's going to find out that he was involved and then he's going to give up Nino yeah. and right. whoever. I mean, well, no one knows who he is until his pal Shannon immediately rats him out. <laughs> yeah, I don't think... Not with the intention of Yeah, him. I don't think he realized that Nino was the one at the end of the setup, the right. one who was trying to take the money in the first place and yes. make it look like another robbery. I guess the plan, as I understand it, would be... They set up a fake robbery and then rob the robbers of that money. And it's kind of like an extra level of like... Protection or... From it coming back to Nino, I guess. Right. Because um, he was... St- basically, it was a... In his words, Nino's words, it was a small-time East Coast guy coming out there to try to set up shop and step on their territory. And, and Nino's got a chip on his shoulder about the way he's been treated for... You know, being Jewish and whatnot by these uh, presumably Italian gangsters. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> and at this point, he's got uh, Ryan Gosling has the money. No one knows at first who has the money. Really, he could have probably just kept it at that point. Yeah, but he tells uh, Shannon. Well, I guess he knows that the guy that set them up or set up their job, the bald guy who owns the strip club he knows who right. was involved so he goes to him smashes his hand with a hammer puts a bullet in his mouth and is threatening to like hammer it down his throat and calls who <laughs> to the looking on of you know a whole group of strippers topless strippers right he demands to talk to whoever is in charge basically whoever set this all up and it ends up being nino and that's you know where the connection is because we've seen nino a couple times now interact with um albert brooks and uh, shannon yeah and so it all comes 
all this tangled web like all comes home now it's all like connected and again they kind of instead of letting this all play out like here okay it's unclear to me if the pawn shop owner is involved in any part of the setup because he seemingly is the one that shoots uh standard yeah i don't know because if he was, if that was part of the setup, then they fucked up there too, because they could have just robbed them nonviolently, and they probably would have just got the money. But then, when Ryan Gosling calls Nino and tells him he has the money, they make the mistake then of sending someone to the apartment building. Right. Which? How does this all happen? Because Shannon he- tells Bernie. Yes. And it gets back to Nino that. They know the guy that has the money, right? And for some reason, they don't—they don't just. Well, I mean, I guess it's pretty obvious why they wouldn't. But they don't—they don't trust the guy that called them and told them they had the, he has the money and just wants to give it back. Poor planning on the uh, gangsters' side because it's like this dude has already proven that he could take out two guys with shotguns. That's true. So why I would you send th- one guy? I don't know. They, I guess they think like they're gonna get the drop on him because he doesn't know that they. That's know. true. And that guy really doesn't carry out his plan very well. I mean, I guess he's thrown off by the fact that. Well, I guess does he know it's him right away? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Plus, you know, Ryan. Okay. So what happens is he goes and tells Carrie Mulligan what happens. He offers to just give She's her upset. the money. <laughs> she slaps him for some reason, which is still kind of ridiculous. In the most me. violent part of the movie <laughs> the most unwarranted violence <laughs> but then they get like on an elevator and there's a dude there there's a dude there who acts like he's getting off on the wrong floor and stays on the elevator because he knows it's them okay, so that's right why he, yes so the three of them are in the elevator ryan gosling notices the guy's got a gun tucked in his jacket and in a sequence that takes forever to play out <laughs> pushes Carrie Mulligan behind himself to, I guess, protect her from what's about to happen, but then turns around. The lights in the elevator go dim, (laughs) (laughs) and he kisses her for the first time. Now, the reason why I point out that this may not actually happen is because, A, the elevator lights go dim for no reason and then light back up when they're done kissing, which, I mean, obviously could just be like a dramatic effect kind of thing, but like (laughs) kind of takes some of the reality out of the moment right and also it takes forever and the guy if the guy knows it's him at that point which he's already proven he does because he stayed on the elevator yeah it's like he has all the opportunity in the world to just shoot him in the back of the head yeah right then it's like driver who do you think you are dalton do you have a move where you can kick this guy's gun out of his hand i don't think so yeah basically after he he's done kissing her the lights come up the guy starts to reach for his gun. He knocks him down before he even gets the gun out and just begins stomping on his head. And doesn't stop. Over and over. <laughs> we see the guy's skull completely collapse and, you know, be dead. <laughs> and yet there's right. about five more stomps at now, that point. Now, is the anger here from the fact that this guy was doing this in front of or potentially to... Carrie Mulligan, or is Driver just a complete psychopath with uncontrollable rage? Probably both. I mean, he's like a ticking time bomb. It's that yeah. quiet... There's a quiet rage right. that all the girls find sexy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and this is how it ends, ladies. 
So, you know. With someone's skull getting stomped Why off. Why don't you just be into the guys that can have a normal conversation? So then Bernie kills... Uh, well, before that... Well, Bernie kills uh, the bald guy who set the deal up in a, another disgusting scene where he stabs him in the neck. Right. And then... We come to find out Bernie is quite the uh, technician with a knife. Yeah, he's a pretty vicious psychopath in his own right yes and then he you know as we talked about earlier he kills shannon um they're trying to eliminate everyone that knows about it because they're afraid that the east coast mob as they're referred to is going to like find out who was behind this yes because uh, basically Nino set up a ro- to rob the East Coast mob. Now, in Nino's opinion, this guy that was getting robbed is not really like that at their level, right. but I mean, he's still a part of it. So the, there could be like some serious repercussions. And then, you know, eventually it leads to like a final phone call between Driver and Bernie. Well, what about Nino? Oh, yeah, 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 you're right. First. So then, yeah, in a kind of an homage to halloween <laughs> he yeah. dons this mask that he was using when he was doing stunts that oddly reminded me of like the face now granted it's a bald head but the face reminded me of like tom cruise i wasn't sure if that's what they were going for i don't re- I, I mean I, i'm sure there's some meaning behind why he does this because it doesn't really seem necessary for him to do it they know who he is yeah, I don't know if there was a meaning or what. Okay. I don't know. It could be. I, I mean, it it feels like there should be or is it just for the visual effect? Yeah, I mean, it it plays out in a weird um cuz there's not really any real I definitely logic remember reading it. a lot where people were comparing it to Halloween or other horror movies oh, okay. that particular sequence. I thought you were like going down the line of this being like an homage to like Halloween 3 in some way. No, no, just Michael Myers, because the right. mask is very, like, plain and... Kind of almost bleached. And he stands there. Uh, once he... Basically, what he does is he runs uh, Nino's car, which is like a limo, off the road, and then crashes into the side of it, knocking it off of a small cliff on cl- cliff onto a beach. Kind of the, in the most practical way to carry out an execution. Yeah, it always bothered me, because I, it seems like Nino would be the type of person that would have a gun at all times and right. there's never oh, well, any he, threat of a gun it's Nino, not even like driver can he considered the possibility that he might have a gun yeah the whole sequence doesn't make a ton of sense nino uh owns this pizza shop where some scenes have taken place throughout the film and uh driver is kind of staking out outside the pizza place which it's seemingly after hours and the everyone inside is like dressed in suits having like a party uh, I never got the idea that the party happened there. Well, yeah, okay, so that they're they hanging were, there out. There was some right. kind of event, and this is this the, is like they went there to like the after hours meetup, meet yeah. or there was some kind of a weird business deal going on, doing or something. blow in the kitchen. Because yeah, I mean they're all dressed up. I don't think they would right. get dressed up in like tuxedos <laughs> yeah. and dress gowns and shit to go to this pizzeria cocktail place. hour. Yeah, and so he knocks the car off the cliff eventually, and then he's standing at at the top staring down i mean it's just very reminiscent of like michael myers Mm -hmm. because there's no talking and it's very slow and methodical the way he stalks nino onto the beach and then for some reason nino runs into the ocean (laughs) as a form of escape and then ends up being drowned (laughs) 
Yeah, it's kind of like a nod to the chicks running upstairs in horror movies. <laughs> um, so now we're down to just Bernie and Driver, and they set up this like meeting at a Chinese restaurant. Where, yeah, where they kind of lay out. They could have just done that thing from Inherent Vice with like the station wagon family <laughs> exchange. Yeah, it's again, it's like they can't, they don't want to let it go. Um, even though their conversation inside the Chinese restaurant seems to imply like a deal being worked out between the two of them, I guess they both a deal with a deal in which Irene and the kid would walk away forever and be forgotten about and no part of it. And driver would at least get the chance to vacate the city and try to live a normal life but always feel like always looking over his shoulder yeah i mean he bernie tells him straight up you're gonna die some like you're gonna die at mine or one of my like dude's hands like but it is hard to take the threat that seriously because it doesn't feel like even though he is like some small time gangster he doesn't really seem to have that deep of a posse and several of them have been killed now. Yeah, and it, how many people is he going to let in on this? Right. But, you know, the truth of the matter is there is really no deal as he tries to kill Driver in the parking lot in broad daylight. <laughs> yeah. Very unbelievable scene there. You would think that this restaurant would probably be pretty busy. I mean, it seems Yeah, I mean, just as if it's a hot spot. I don't know if he was just going to leave him know. there for dead, but... It, there seemingly would have been witnesses. I mean, he ate inside the restaurant first. Yes. A lot of people would have been able to ID him. Yes. He stabs Driver in the Just stomach. terrible criminals in this movie. Driver stabs him in the chest. They're both stabbing each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Finally, Bernie dies. Driver leaves the money there. Drives away into the night while still bleeding. Kind of unclear. To beautiful synthesizer music. Yeah. Um, you said that you thought he died at the end. I didn't really feel that way. Yeah, I mean, upon second viewing, and especially after we talked about it, I changed my tune a little bit. I think my big thing was watching uh, Bernie throughout the movie and the way he kills people with a knife. I just, and especially how he describes when he cuts uh, Brian Cranston's arm, he's just kind of like, "That's it, the pain's over." So I just, yeah, but that was a calm situation where he had like. That's the true. opportunity to choose his thing. This is like him trying to get the jump on him. Yeah, that's just true. Stabbing. Yeah, I, I. Yeah, that's. Yeah, you're right. I just kind of. It was in my mind that like he. Now I know very little about anatomy, but like that he pulled some <laughs> move where he cut him somewhere that he was just gonna like bleed out. And like, it was some super secret move right. where he did it, and then Ryan. Gosling yeah, you know, shit his pants like the uh, <laughs> like the uh, Dalton throat rip thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I certainly don't feel that way now. And it is like it is funny. Albert Brooks, right before he stabs him, kind of like lets out this loud shriek. He's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then for whatever reason, driver decides to leave the money and the girl behind. And well, dri- I mean that's yeah. the way seems yeah we don't know where he's driving to at the end or well why, i think he's pretty much gotten the message from carrie mulligan in their last interaction that she would not really be looking at him as someone she could be bet. romantically involved with yeah there's definitely some similarities 
in how we talked about Doc viewing Dalton after Dalton ripped out Jimmy's throat. Right. And uh, how Irene looks at Driver after watching him stomp that man's head. Yeah. Which is even worse than ripping oh, the throat out. yes. But unlike Doc, who quickly got over it, we <laughs> <laughs> see Doc much more established as a party girl. Oh, Willing yeah. to... I mean, granted, Irene was with a guy that was in prison, but she seemed to have a pretty normal domesticated life with a child. Well, her party involved. days were behind her, and, you know, as we found out, she gave up on them too soon. <laughs> yeah, just like a really cool movie. <laughs> right. Well, I often see it called like a neon noir, which is like a kind of a play on neo-noir, obviously, because oh, the yeah, use of like right. neon and shit in like the movie. Kind of almost an 80s feel to it. Yeah, it. there are parts in it where you're unclear if it's happening in modern day. I mean, it is, clearly. Right. Several of the cars and several other things are dead giveaways, but... There's a lot about it where it it almost exists like out of time. In like a less than zero type universe. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, Los Angeles has just always been the same since less than zero. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so something funny that I found online. I don't know if there's anything else we can really say about it. The film itself. I mean. I guess the only other thing I wanted to point out, especially when you were talking about this being like a good movie. I was thinking... When we were getting ready to watch it again, I was like, man, I remembered it being like long. The, the runtime on it is only an hour and 35 minutes, which is great. Yeah, I always feel like it's short. A nice, tight movie. I don't know. I think maybe just like the first time I ever watched it by myself, just probably like the long uh, still shots of Ryan Gosling not talking made it feel <laughs> long. But yeah, no, it, yeah, it's a quick, tight movie. It definitely opened me up to the world of Nicholas Winding Refn. Uh, you know, whose follow-up, Only God Forgives, is a l- little bit harder to n- understand. Yeah, I'm and not navigate. a um, Neon Demon, which just came out recently, was awesome. Right. I do like his The use big difference with Drive, though, is that he didn't have... He usually writes or has a hand in his scripts, and he did not write the script for this. It was adapted by someone else from a novel, and... I think Ryan Gosling actually handpicked him to direct it. So I mean, this was just a project that he like. Oh, came I didn't know to. that. Yeah. So Ryan Gosling, this was like a project of Ryan Gosling's. Yeah, it seems like it. Oh, okay. Um. Yeah. It definitely seems like there's this kind of uh, acting slash directing troupe that's kind of emerged, and it it definitely seems that Gosling is the head of it since he is the big movie star that can probably get things made. Right. And it, you know, it has like him, Christina Hendricks, uh, Ben Mendelsohn, uh, Nicholas Winding Refn and Derek C in France is like directors. Oh Eva yeah. Mendez, who is Ryan Gosling's girlfriend or wife, baby mama, I would say <laughs> live in buddy. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean it's kind of like an interesting, cool thing. I like, I do like when stuff like that kind of develops. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it gets played out when people make the same movies together or whatever. Or people I are love Derek C. And Friends. Uh, yeah, his new movie comes out uh, later this year, I think. Uh, although Gosling not involved, so maybe they've moved on from him. But it definitely seemed like not so much Blue Valentine, but Place Beyond the Pines definitely fit into this 
mode right. that was going on with Gosling's movies at the time. So anyway, there's this thing online. Um, it's a thing from like 4chan that you know made its way through like Reddit and other places. Um, I'm not really sure how it all started or if what I'm about to read is the start of it. I know that now there's a lot of other versions of it that are funny too. Okay. Um, it's kind of, it's called, uh, I see, I don't know any, I'm definitely exposing myself a little bit here in my lack of knowledge of different internet things. (laughs) I don't really know what some of this means. Well, you know more than me. Um, it's entitled Anon is the driver. And I, I, I took it to, and if someone's listening to this, who knows, I mean, they can feel free to post a comment on our Podbean (laughs) site or, Send us a tweet or something so we're at Greatest Pod on Twitter. Really setting the dialogue for the internet here. I don't, I don't know what I, I took that to mean. Anonymous, just meaning like this is an anonymous person. I like revealing just fa- this secret about themselves. Or I like something. just found out what NSFW means last year. So I'm, I, I, I think I've known longer than that, but I'm with you in a way. Right. I often see abbreviations that I don't understand. Yeah. And it takes me forever to figure out what is going on. Sometimes I'll Google it. Right. Because I'm that much of a loser. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. This is basically, the. this is just something that was posted on 4chan. Uh, I've seen it pop up on Reddit. Um, I guess whether or not, well, I guess like we'll wait, I'll, we'll wait until I'm done reading it to decide what we okay. think about it. But, okay. It starts out, this really happened. Decent looking guy, having a job. Not many friends and single because of job. Work third shift. Watch drive for the first time ever. Changes my life. I want to be driver. Get my hair cut like driver and start wearing clothes like driver. No scorpion jacket because I'm not autistic. Start behaving like driver. Quiet but cool. Buy brand new 2011 Mustang GT 5.0 because driver drove one and I make enough, so fuck it. Start eating at this little diner every night. Staff remembers me, saves me a spot. Cutie pie waitress always chats me up, gives me free pie. I reciprocate but remain vague and brooding. Waitress wants me. Ask her if she wants to go for a drive. She gladly accepts. Cruise the night listening to drive soundtrack. Drop her off at her apartment. Asks if I want to come inside for coffee. Oh, fuck yes. Play it cool. Brood for a sec. Reply with a, yeah, simple. We fuck. (laughs) I have to literally go to another page. Waitress and I start dating. Keep up my driver stick. She introduces me to her friends. They think I'm cool as fuck. Some of her dude friends start wearing skinny jeans, white tees like me. Holy fuck. One night, her and I sit down to watch a movie on demand. She's browsing movies. Stops on drive. Oh, fuck. <laughs> you seen this yet? Shit, shit, shit. Play it cool, man. What would driver do? Brood for a sec. Nah, it's not my thing. Ended up watching Bridesmaids. Still dating today, and she still doesn't know. I've been pretending to be Ryan Gosling for four plus years. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, What? This was the first time I came across it was in like a, some kind of a co- confessional thing on reddit something like that but i believe it was a notated repost from 4chan okay so maybe original thing even in this crazy 
uh, theoretical world that this is like real. Like how he claims not to be autistic, yet then also claims to be imitating someone else for four plus years. Uh, Can you explain to me what the connection between autism and scorpion jackets is? No. Okay. Here's the thing. It's bullshit. It's not real. Okay. Uh, This was posted. Confirmed bullshit? Well, this was posted well before Drive had been out for four plus years, which he claims at the end. We caught you in a lie. (laughs) But... I'm sure people on Reddit <laughs> losing their minds. It also, it, it definitely like, but it's funny, you know, before I read the comment, I, I, I definitely was thinking like that this was real, like I, for whatever right. reason, I don't know, remember. What, what year did Drive come out? 2011? Yeah. Okay. Which now it's right. been yes, I, yeah. five I, I years. This, this, was was, I, this was posted originally, uh, I don't know how, I think Drive had only been out like three years or something at that point. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean... I kind of like bought into it the first time I read it. It was just like, this is insane. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It's crazy to think. It that- seems impossible that you could actually do that because you're not doing uh, I would assume you're only doing it around the girl, uh, at least. Obviously, you know, your hair and the clothes you wear are all the time, but like, you're not like, you're probably not actually imitating how Ryan Gosling's character acts all the time. Yeah, I mean, you, nev- you your, never talk. In front of people who already knew you. Right. <laughs> They'd be like, what happened to you, you douche? <laughs> and so, I mean, are we to believe that she never meets anyone that knew him before and that he has to, like, you right. know what I mean? And wouldn't, I mean, maybe, okay, I can buy the the idea that she finds it sexy or whatever, but wouldn't she be like, all right, I'm introducing you to my friends and you just seem like a dick. Well, I don't think it's that you don't ever talk. You just, you always... It's close to never. <laughs> well, I just think you like, you always... And it's, he talks in a dismissive way, I would say, when he meets people. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Uh, let me offer to shake your hand. My hands are dirty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. It's, it's funny. Um, that was... waitress's uh, husband is like... I hear you've been helping out with my wife. <laughs> yeah, you've been helping out. <laughs> you've been helping out, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just like won't let it go. Um, yeah, there was actually a uh, a pretty funny... Because then it spawned... Um, I like how that dude ri- writes a post in the voice of Rorschach, basically. I think that's how people write on 4chan. They don't waste their time with sentence structure. <laughs> So then it spawned like other people like imitating this or something. I don't know. There's because there's like lots of versions of this now, right? That I that you can find. This was like the original one, at least as far as I know. This one was pretty funny. Let me see if I can make this bigger. Watch drive with friend. Calls me up one day to pick him up and drive him somewhere. Preparing, I put on a cool jacket, put on some gloves (parentheses cool), <laughs> and quickly download the original soundtrack of Drive. I drive up to his place. He is waiting, along with two girls, one of whom I remember from back in high school but never spoke to. I greet them with a slight nod, but don't say a word as they come in. Friend is smiling, doesn't laugh, though, so as not to break my act. The girl from high school sits in the passenger seat. I always had a crush on her. She starts talking to me. I always take five seconds before answering her questions as shortly as possible. We just drive silently while the original soundtrack is playing. Next day, my friend says the girl was asking about me a lot. Really? What did she say? 
My friend doesn't respond because he doesn't exist. I have no friends. There were no girls. I stare at the ceiling of my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> so those are like the parodies yeah. of that original one. That's really funny. <laughs> but yeah, it is like, I like the idea though too, like if it was real, it, this dude, it's like how many fucking dudes can pull off like a Ryan Gosling look? Not very many. It's like if I decided to act like Ryan Gosling from Drive, I wouldn't be pulling chicks. I still look like George Costanza. <laughs> yeah, I mean, girls wouldn't be intrigued by your silence. They would be thrilled by it. <laughs> They'd be like, thank God this creep no isn't right. talking to me. Yeah. Believe me, I'm in the same boat. Oh, plus, yeah, and that's the other thing, too. It's like I drive like like I drive all crazy, but I'm like, I start <laughs> freaking out about where I can park. <laughs> I'm, like, dri- I'm like speeding, and then I get to a bar where I have to parallel park, and I'm like, Oh fuck! Somebody better not pull up behind me while I'm trying to do this. <laughs> yeah, all. Well, even in the original story, I don't think he was necessarily in, intimating that he was like a great driver too, and was doing that part of it. But right. you would lose all, like yeah. all coolness you would build up would go out the window as soon as you got behind the wheel of a car. Yeah, I mean that free piece of pie thing reminded me of something from my own life where I was offered a free uh, bakery good at a gas station and. <laughs> Even though there was a giant sign on it that said free. And all I could do is chuckle like an idiot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you definitely have had your own troubles in trying to convince like a 19-year-old girl that you're really cool. <laughs> Calm, cool, and collected at all times. <laughs> Chuckling like a fool. All the while, she's wondering, like, why do they come to this gas station every day? It's a gas station. And I'm like, hey, do you want to go on a date with me? And she's just like, are you insane? (laughs) You're old enough to be my father. And I'm like, well, that's not true. I mean, I look like it, but. (laughs) She's like, aren't you like 48? (laughs) All right. Um, Yeah. Follow the show on Twitter. (laughs) Uh, follow the show on Twitter at Greatest Pod. Please subscribe. We're, we're, we've done you a huge favor and saved this bullshit to the end of this episode rather than at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, it's not enough. We if, put a lot of work <laughs> into planning these episodes. If you out. just download the episodes yourself and you don't tell anyone, guilt tripping, and you don't subscribe, you're not doing enough. <laughs> You need to be telling everyone at all times about how great this show is. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, mm, boy. Um, yeah. Uh, so hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, if you haven't watched Drive yet, check it out. Um, we, I mean, we granted we spoiled the whole thing, but whatever. We, we can't do that. get into this every time. Yeah, it's <laughs> just like. Yeah, I mean, my hope is that like if. We talk about now. I'm telling people not to listen to the show <laughs> to avoid spoilers. My hope is that, like, if people listen to an episode of you know where we talk about something they haven't seen before, that we can make it seem good enough for them, or interesting enough, or funny enough, or whatever enough for them to want to check it out. Right. I mean, I know one of our listeners was particularly jonesing to watch Halloween Three after listening to our infamous Halloween Three yeah, episode. Dude. And uh, a lot yeah. of Roadhouse talk going on too. Yeah, people really responded positively <laughs> to the Roadhouse. Um, all right, so you know we've kind of gotten off track with like the posting of the episodes. 
And we will remain off track. Oh, I was wondering <laughs> if we were maybe going to eventually go back to a more regular sketch. <sighs> maybe Tuesdays. Maybe. Eventually. Right. This episode not going up on a Tuesday. No. But we're figuring it out. <laughs> yeah, when we post like later in the week, you know, like this one or the weekend at some point like this one, then really throws off the next week, which then throws off the next week. It doesn't need to throw anything off. <laughs> we can post whenever. Yeah, so that's why you need to subscribe so that you'll automatically download. You can find us on iTunes. You'll just rate, wake up review. in the morning and you're just like, oh, new episode. <laughs> and then you'll see, you know, the subject of whatever we're talking about that particular episode. You'll be disgusted. <laughs> Delete. Like, oh my god. Alright, anyway, uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.